Uh, you have a hard time finding things on TV that you can watch with the family? Uh, yeah. Have a hard time finding things to watch, you know, just even by yourself that's just not assaulting your senses all I'm the time? always amazed at how many movies come out on Netflix that are R. Almost all of them. Everything is. Yeah. No, none of them have gone sugar sweet. Right. No, no nobody's no. done a Michael Landon oh, for no. families. It doesn't happen anymore. Nope. Uh, if you're having a hard time finding things that, you know, your family can watch or things that you can watch, may I recommend VidAngel. VidAngel is a um, is a system that allows you it scans for all of the things and you put filters on you do for what you want to see and what you don't want to see. And now you can watch, you know, your favorite TV show or your favorite movie. Yeah. Or a movie that, you know, happened a long time ago that you always wanted to watch and you just couldn't. Uh, but now you can take out all the F words and whatever sex scenes are in there and, and have the whole family watch. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, try it out for a month. Love it. They're so convinced that you're going to love VidAngel uh, that do it for a month for a, a dollar because <laughs> they know you're going to sign up because it's great. VidAngelBeck.com. VidAngelBeck.com. America and uh, welcome to Tuesday. Last week there was a story that not a lot of people spent a lot of time on, uh, I- including me, because I was waiting for the right guy to talk to about it. Apple announced plans to scan our phones and uh, the cloud to make sure that we're not dealing in child uh, abuse or child pornography. And that sounds good, kind of, if you think, oh, well, we're just trying to get, I don't have child, you know, pornography on my phone, uh, so I don't have anything to worry about, right? Uh, No, not so much. Uh, We'll tell you what this really means in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So you put your retirement fund together, and with what's happening to the U.S. dollar, I mean, we're st- the greatest thing is we're still the pie. The we're at the very tippy top of the crap heap, uh, but our our dollar is still on a crap heap, uh, and so it's th- th- this is not going to last. If you're getting ready to retire, just inflation can cut your retirement down in the next three years, probably by could be. Can you imagine that? Losing that kind of buying power? How many years do you cut off if you lose that? Gold or silver, you can retire on this stuff. Now, I don't recommend that you buy more than like 10%, uh, but you have to decide on that. But gold and silver are the the thing that the world always returns to. Read Rudyard Kipling. Uh, It always returns to gold or silver and universal truths it will reset itself it has to so i want you to at least look into it do your own homework you're smart enough to figure it out it's right for my family name may not be right for yours this week only goldline is going to ship you free five 
uh, one ounce silver gold line bars just for completing the application. Uh, there's also bonus medals when you complete the buying process. Make sure you ask them how to get them uh, delivered directly to your own house. This is what you're this is what you're going to get in the mail. You're going to get these silver bars like this. They'll take your call right now. They're standing by at eight 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 gold line. I'm sorry, eight six six gold line eight six six gold line. This is just for completing the application. Uh, so call them now, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. So last week, the story came out. Apple plans to scan U.S. iPhones for child abuse imagery. And on the surface, if you're not paying attention to what's going on in the world, you think, oh, well, that's good. Uh, I got a uh, I got an email from a guy who used to be um, very, very high up at uh, Yahoo about 20 years ago. And he said, we basically set up a direct line with the FBI because we frequently had websites submitted to us to be crawled or indexed that we believed may contain child pornography or other illegal things. At first, we were just emailing links over to the FBI task force. But the process for them to check on it and get back to us was just so uh, arduous that we just eventually set the FBI up with an E3 terminal in their L.A. area offices. Uh, that was basically the same terminal that our editorial team members, those who were the keepers of the Internet at the time, uh, they determined which websites and search results showed up for people and which ones we would block, trying to keep harmful or illegal content out of Yahoo's search results. So by giving the FBI an E3 terminal, anyone from the editorial team or the sales group could submit a website directly to them for review. It would pop up in their queue just like a help desk ticket. And someone at the FBI could review it and let us know if the content was legal. But they could also just flag something to be blocked, and it would be blocked. Generally, no questions asked. And because of what we felt at the time, we felt like we were doing good, taking down child and sex trafficking criminals. We felt great about it. Uh, this is a long-winded way of saying, uh, yeah, I'm sure that Apple is... Uh, and others are getting into a cozy relationship between social search tech giants and the government. We now know that this was a mistake to open up the door in the first place. Ross Anderson is with us. He is a professor of security at Cambridge University and one of the louder voices speaking out and warning us about what Apple is doing. Hi, Ross. Hi, Glenn. Uh, thank you so much for being on the program uh, with me. I, 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 w I want to understand uh, why this is so dangerous. Apple says it has all kinds of safety features and they're only scanning faces for those that are, you know, in 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 sex uh, rings or have been sex trafficked uh, and and maybe those children that are missing. Well, um, you can see how this is going to develop. But first of all, um, Apple will be scanning all the photos in everybody's camera roll everywhere in the USA and later everywhere in the world um, against a database of 200,000 abuse images um, that, that have been supplied by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Now, given the way that their neural network is organized, it looks like it's going to scan for faces, as you say. And so you can imagine the kind of things that will happen. Um, that there'll be some abuse image that's 10 or 20 years old. Uh, and um, so the reviewers at Apple will see a photograph 
which isn't of child sex abuse, but of a grown-up with their clothes on. And the um, system will recognize this person. And the person at Apple then has to decide whether this is a, a survivor or a perpetrator and what to do with it. Um, there's a small problem there that U.S. law says that if you do get suspected child abuse material, you should report it at once to NCMEC rather than reporting it to Apple. Right. So the, the, there's firstly a legal problem there. And then secondly, there's the problem of what happens when NCMEC extends that to missing children. Right. Because some of the children who are known, you know, who go missing, go missing for perfectly good reasons. For example, they might be getting abused at home. They might get beaten or even sexually abused. And so if you uh, recognize runaways, there's all sorts of processes around that you have to think about. Apple doesn't seem to have thought about this. You know, they, they, they don't seem very keen to provide help desks and helplines and places where people can um, report stuff. And then the next problem is that once you've got a mechanism sitting in your iPhone that can scan your camera roll for, um, for faces, it's open to any government in the world to come along with a warrant and say, hey, Mr. Apple, uh, we've got a file of 20,000 faces that we'd like you to scan for in our country. And you can guess what those faces might be. In China, it might be the faces of the Dalai Lama and the Pope. Um, in um, Europe, if there's been um, some rowdy demonstration in Paris, for example, the police might feed in the faces of demonstrators. You know, your guess is as good as mine. But Apple is building a very, very dangerous mechanism into its iPhones, and um, there needs to be proper scrutiny and accountability of this. So this is actually, is it based on or is it just very similar to something that happened in 2008 in China that kind of opened Pandora's box? Well, yes, and this is a worrying thing, you know, because if our civilization is going to be in Cold War 2.0 with China for the next 20 years or 30 years, um, we should watch what the Chinese do and understand it rather than copying them. And in China, what happened in 2008 is that they mandated everybody in the country to put software called Green Dam on their PCs. And Green Dam was sold to the population um, as being a, a porn filter. And it did that to some extent, but very badly. However, the real purpose of Green Dam was to look for words like Falun Gong and Dalai Lama and so on that were of interest to the Ministry of State Security. Uh, what Green Dam also did wow. is it made your computer vulnerable because the government weren't very good at writing software and the software that they produced uh, meant that everybody who used the Green Dam software was vulnerable to having their PC taken over by websites that they visited. Now, that's been fixed by now, but still it's the case that in China and in Russia, we have this ecosystem of, of government scanning what's on people's PCs. And um, no doubt the Chinese will be seeing to it that they get to scan stuff in people's phones as well. So, you know, it was we were talking about this the other day and I said to my staff, can anybody name anything that, you know, is a bigger threat to your freedom and security than social media and technology? I mean, it's not necessarily the threat today but we know what it can do and and yet again do you know anybody who has given it up and said i'm just not going to be a part of this very very rarely does that happen we are just going down the road and they keep passing these red lines of oh that's a really bad sign that's a really bad thing to do and just hoping that it's not going to be turned against us 
when we already see social media is doing all of these things? Well, absolutely. You know, I, I used Android for many years and switched to Apple a couple of years ago when I was updating my security engineering book, and I noted how much more secure Apple was. But the problem with Apple iPhones being tamper-resistant is that I can't easily drill into them and find out what they're doing. I can't see the database of hashes of um, abuse in my phone uh, and check that it doesn't contain hashes of dissidents instead. Uh, with a less secure phone like an Android, you could perhaps do that and you could hold uh, people to account. So here is a case where security is being used against us to undermine our privacy. And the tamper resistance of the iPhone means that the government can have an iSpy in your iPhone uh, over which you've got no control whatsoever. Ross, how how far away are we from uh, a, a, a an easy police state with the wrong person taking charge? Well, um, that's exactly the problem here. You mustn't give the police too much power. Uh, you may think that it's nice to give the police power when your lot are in charge, but it never works because you end up with the other lot in charge and, you know, then you've had it. So to stay free, uh, we have to see to it that the government can only do so much that it can't undermine our basic freedoms. And you're lucky in the United States having your constitution. <laughs> and here in, in Europe, we have uh, the European Convention on Human Rights. And once you get to those parts of the world where we don't have guarantees for basic freedoms, well, good luck. Well, I don't know if you've been paying attention much to America lately, Ross, but we're not following the Constitution. I mean, we are. Our Constitution says, you know, you, you can't uh, you can't quarter soldiers into a house and go through somebody's papers. Well, I think you already have that. If you're if you're if, if you're on online and the government wants some information, they're just going to go to one of these tech companies and they'll go through all of your papers. I mean, and they're they'll, they'll watch you or they'll scan your photos and you there's no such thing as privacy anymore. Well, indeed. And I, I, I'm not an expert on uh, U.S. law, of course, being a Brit, but I hear from American friends that the argument uh, which Apple and the FBI are going to use goes to a case uh, around drug sniffer dogs where somebody's in a traffic stop. Uh, the drug sniffer dog brought around and they found some um, uh, weed in his boot and, um, and he got convicted and he said that was unfair. And the court said that if you've got a search that finds only contraband, that's okay. Now, it depends on what the government defines as contraband. But if you've got a government search engine that can look at all your most intimate stuff, you know, your photos, your emails, your texts, and it can use artificial intelligence to find out something that the government of the day considers to be contraband, um, then that means uh, it make, makes a mockery of the idea that you've got to get warrants. Because suddenly you're turning the universe around so that the government to do surveillance doesn't have to get a warrant against a suspected person, but against a suspected idea or an expect, a suspected image or a suspected um, form of speech. Is that's, there, what's, that's what's changing here, and it's really scary. Is there, is there anything the average person can do to secure themselves? Well, um, What's happening at the, uh, in, in the long term, this is down to political um, action, this is down to legal action, this is down to, well, you know, my next phone isn't going to be an iPhone. Um, in the meantime, Apple's saying that they will only scan your photos 
if you back them up in iCloud, well, right. then fine. Uh, buy yourself a disk drive and uh, attach it to your laptop and back your phone up on your laptop and back the laptop up on a disk drive. Right. I mean, by doing right. that, that only just tells that anybody who does market in child pornography, don't put it on the iCloud. That doesn't make any sense at all. Well, and it's also too much bother for most people. You see, what Apple and the FBI will be relying on here is the fact that Apple nag you really, really hard to get an iCloud account and to put more money in it and to back your phone up to iCloud and your MacBook too, rather than using a disk drive. You know, for some years, my wife refused to get an iCloud account, and every time she connected her iPhone to the um, the MacBook, it just complained and said, put in your iCloud password. Mm-hmm. And it's this kind of commercial nagging uh, that is now going to be exploited by law enforcement to drive a coach and horses through security. Mm-hmm. But the, the, there is another thing here, which is that your photos in iCloud aren't properly encrypted when they're backed up anyway. So Apple could, if it wished, um, run... Um, child porn um, detection software over the photos, just like, for example, Facebook does over photos in Facebook Messenger and Google does over photos in Gmail. And it could then report uh, people who already have um, illegal images in iCloud to um, NCMAC, but it doesn't do that. Um, Last year, Facebook reported, made over 20 million reports to NCMAC and Apple made under 1,000. So, so wait, so there's so, something really weird going on here. Yeah, why if Apple really ca- cared about stopping uh, child sex abuse? They could have done a lot of stuff a long time ago. Any thought on why they're now taking this step? Because it's unneeded, apparently. Well, well, um, one of the things that's been suggested is that Apple is contemplating encrypting um, iCloud data properly. And the FBI is going to object to that unless there's some means of scanning for um, stuff of interest to them. But, of course, um, child sex abuse material isn't the only thing of interest to the FBI. The Mm -hmm. FBI has got much wider interest than that. Ross, thank you very much. Thank you for everything that uh, you're doing and and speaking the truth and uh, letting people know what is what is possible with technology and what is coming our way. Professor of security at Cambridge University on the uh, Apple plan to now use iPhones to uh, scan for uh, child abuse imagery and possibly much more than that. All right. I want to talk to you about uh, built bar built bar. The, the answer to all of your diet problems. Do you remember, Pat, you and I used to be on Atkins mm-hmm. and we would eat those Atkins bars? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Were yeah. they horrible? Far cry uh, <laughs> from this. Yeah. Far cry. Yeah. And they were the best at the time. Yeah. They yeah. still tasted like cardboard, but it was the best yeah. there was. Okay. So now time. if you're trying to lose weight or you want a protein bar, there are nine amazing flavors, amazing flavor, flavors from Built Bars. Uh, you'll also get the occasional limited time flavor, but you can get a mix box. You can try two of each of the nine flavors, and they are really good. And they're made with 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie, low-carb, high-protein, high-fiber. I mean, it is re- it's a miracle. It really is. They're a candy bar, mm-hmm. but they're good for you. Built.com is where you find them. Use the promo code BEC15. Get 15% off your next order. It's Built.com. Promo code BEC15. 10 seconds, station ID.
you see that Biden put a lid on his day yesterday at, at noon? Noon. Yeah, I don't know how many times he's done this, but it's a lot. It's It's been many, many times. Sometimes as early as 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning. Yesterday it was noon. And he's home in Delaware again, which he always seems to be. And I think that's to avoid scrutiny uh, from the Washington crowd. Uh, I he it to me it's pretty clear that they're shutting him down because he can't he can't function on that day. No, he's he is not well. He's not well at all. He's not well. Uh, did you see the uh, Dan Bongino was talking about um, yeah. some of his Secret Service connections? Yes, and they are saying the situation's pretty dire. Uh, he is in bad shape. Well, and I don't they think... all know it. Of course, of course, his inner circle knows it. They of see it every day. It. Of course, they do. They, we they we knew see it. the best of him. Yeah, and we knew it two years ago. Yeah, yeah. All during the campaign, we kept saying, "Look at him. This guy is degrading. He's disintegrating in yeah. front of our eyes." Yeah, and look at him. Look at him today. Look at a speech he would give today compared to one he gave in January. Or God forbid, oh, yeah. last summer. Yeah. He is not the same man. No doubt about it. And when you just look at him, you can there's a difference that the he's vacant. Yeah. There's a he's not there. There's a look in his it's eyes. Really sad and scary. And it's despicable of the people around him. His wife, his handlers, all the people that have been pushing him down this road, uh taking advantage of an elderly man who's not well. He's just not well. And then, what do you call it when they put this man in in charge of our nation? Uh, to me, that's treason. To me, it's uh, well. Look at all of the meetings that they had, where they wanted a psychiatric review of Donald Trump. They wanted a doctor's right. Where, over and over. Where we are heard they that. on this today? It's despicable. I mean, there's, there's, they won't even mention it. Yeah. CNN won't mention his his decline because at all. they know. They put him in right. as a placeholder because no one wanted the radical. And that's all they had to offer. Yeah. And so they put him in just as a placeholder. They're fine with him gone. Except that now they're the person that I guess they set up, you know, Kamala, she's so disliked that she can't be the next one. Uh, well, did you see the big meeting that happened in Washington, D.C. last week? Yeah. 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 Why are they having a meeting about her, you know, know, with him putting a lid on his day at 11 o'clock in the morning? Right. Hmm. Right. Why are they suddenly concerned about her? This is the Glenn it is. Program. If you haven't joined AMAC yet, there are three reasons why you should head over to amac.us slash back and join right now. First and foremost, AMAC, the advocacy for conservatives, is off the charts. AMAC is the Association of Mature American Citizens, and it has participated in a thousand personal meetings with congressional leaders, ensuring that your voice is heard on issues like freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, religious freedom. AMAC is pushing against the ultra-liberal legislation that the left is trying to ram through Congress right now. Now, and we need to stay together in a group. And the more of these groups we can be in, the better. There's a quarter of a million AMAC members that have directly participated in AMAC's outreach campaigns to Congress. They also have all of the great benefits for the members, exceptional uh, things like insurance products, travel discounts, and so much more. And third, they're a great source of uncensored information that you can trust. News, uh, newsletters, videos, podcasts, fresh website content, uh, a bi-monthly magazine. It's the best choice for you, best choice for America. It's AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash 
Beck. AMAC.US slash Beck. Join now. And don't forget to use promo code Glenn to get $10 off your subscription at blazetv.com. This is the Glenn Beck program. When, whenever I'm pushed into a corner and people are like, okay, Glenn, really? I mean, how's this going to work out? I, I, I mean, I, if you listen to me for a while, you know I don't think it's going to work out well. Um, however, uh, there is a story in the Bible that I have for a long time when pushed into a corner. I say, well, there is one way um, that if, if we are still deserving enough, uh, it may look like a really bad punishment, but it would free us. Um, and that is God would confuse our language like in the Tower of Babel story. And uh, people will look at me and I say, what's our language? English? No. Our language is ones and zeros. And what is so frightening about the future are those ones and zeros and what are being done with them. And how it can enslave all of us. Well, Michael Eisenberg, he is uh, an author of a book, The Tree of Life and Prosperity. And uh, I read it, he he wrote a um, uh, op ed for the Washington Examiner. I read this weekend. Big tech is a modern tower of Babel that must be scattered. And I thought, huh, I think Michael and I might see eye to eye on this. Michael Eisenberg, welcome to the program. Hi, Glenn. How are you? I'm very Thanks good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You are the first person that has compared big tech to the Tower of Babel that I know of. Uh, and uh, it's it's a remarkable uh, article. You want to go into it? Sure. So most of us know the story of the Tower of Babel, right? And so Nimrod, who is a man of might, a mighty guy, uh, builds the first cities uh, after the flood, um, and he was really, really successful. Then this group kind of comes from the east, travels west, and thinks that all this kind of messiness that exists in cities and uh, you know, different kinds of people with different kinds of thought uh, was just too messy, and they build this tower. And the tower is a self-aggrandizing uh, um, pursuit which basically says uh, everyone needs to talk a single language, have a single culture, and we can enforce that in the city. And when, when God comes down to see what the people have built there, he says, this is a bad idea. We need to jumble their tongues. We need to jumble their language um, and spread them out into different parts, into different cities and different uh, states and, and islands so that we can actually develop different languages and there's no kind of one central control uh, of it. That's the story of the Tower of Babel. And I think, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of tech. Uh, I spend my day job investing in technology and startups and, and innovation. I think it propels us forward. It does. What I worry about, you know, what I worry about is when you don't put kind of timeless values at the center of this, mm-hmm. at the center of this innovation, it can go awry, which is what happened in the Tower of Babel. Now we have uh, what I would call pl- problems of deep platforming or enforcement of a uh, certain orthodoxy. Uh, of what you can and can't say. And even more scary right now, candidly, is financial deplatforming, where where tools of finance, which are very digital, and I'm a big fan of that, um, if if a single company or a couple of companies can deplatform somebody financially, it it could be 
destructive to many of us. Oh, I mean, there's there's no escape from this. If it was used, um, you know, with the wrong intent in the wrong in the wrong hands technology, we are facing either the greatest time period. And this is saying something because there is no other time. If, it, if people were honest, there is no other time in history or or any other place in history that people would want to be born than right now in the United States of America. It is remarkable what technology can bring to us in a very short period of time, but it's breathtaking to think how fast it can become uh, a really bad uh, jailer or slave maker. You know, I think one of the one of the, somebody said to me this morning, he says, uh, you know, you're, you're a traditional conservative in that you want change, but it needs to kind of happen in phases and not all at once because we need to. We need to work in timeless values uh, into these things. I called my book The Tree of Life and Prosperity because I believe that capitalism and innovation drives tremendous prosperity. But that mm-hmm. prosperity can turn uh, problematic if you don't have the tree of life, which is kind of our timeless wisdom and principles uh, that I think have, you know, are time-tested over thousands of years. I, I'll tell you something else. There's... Um, We've gotten to kind of a relativist values era, let's just call it right now, where kind of new bontons come and go. Um, and we have this notion that everything we've built today is, is kind of bigger and better than it was in the past. Well, the Bible, at least in my view, has had the largest number of daily active users since time immemorial. That probably tells us something about its staying power and the values that, that, right. that it drives home. And, and I think that needs to inform our innovation. That needs to inform our economy uh, going forward. And that's kind of the, the edifice I'm trying to erect in the book. Um, around this. And by the way, this touches other topics. I had a piece that was published today uh, on Town Hall about universal basic income. Um, I'm sure that's a hot topic of yours as well. Oh, yeah. And it, it doesn't work. Explain through the tree of life. Explain, explain why. So, you know, again, like timeless stories in the Bible, we have one called the Garden of Eden. And the Garden of Eden is an interesting story because it can be interpreted in so many different ways. But one of the, the super interesting things about the Garden of Eden is that uh, man's uh, needs, basic needs, were absolutely provided for in, in the garden, right? And he doesn't work. And he's bored. And they're so bored that Eve doesn't talk to him. She talks to the serpent. And there's no kind of joint activity, joint life pursuit. And uh, until man is expelled from the Garden of Eden, and the Bible does not say it's a curse, just says he's expelled, he actually doesn't have children. So until he encounters hard work, thorns and thistles, Outside the garden, there's no children and there's no work that's productive. And UBI has said the only purpose of work is that you get a, an income. But that's not accurate. Work is productivity. Mm-hmm. Work is what gets people out in the morning. Work is what, you know, a solid part of family life. And, and I think we, got, we need to kind of return to those roots because it's not just about, you know, your basics. It's about your hard work and your productivity in society. And by the way, if we need a reminder, COVID is it. People are not going to work after COVID because there was – too much money just handed out in a basic way. And we do need to take care of people in society. I think that's a very important principle that's thousands of years old who, who are on hard times. And that is society's and citizens' responsibility. But if we provide their income, they're not going back to work. We, we've literally just proven that in a living lab called COVID. So how do you, how do you make this case to uh, a country that doesn't understand what it really has, 
um, is is turning its back on really scientifically proven uh, uh, knowns, uh, turning its back on, you know, all of the scientific theory, uh, it, it rejecting all time tested principles. Well, we're just printing. We're not printing money. We're digitizing money. So there won't be inflation. I mean, come on. Uh, we're turning our back on all of these things. How, how do you how do you suggest we get we sell this to people? So I think there's there's a couple of parts of this. One is we actually need to embrace technology and innovation and 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 even things like uh, cryptocurrencies, which are uh, helping people you know maintain freedom. However, um, we need to start a conversation around what are the core principles. You know, many of these are enshrined in the Constitution. Many of them are enshrined in the Declaration of Independence. And America is kind of at its core got this right. Um, but we, we've got a bunch of topics that have become taboo. Like, we can ask people to go to work. And by the way, we should ask people not just what their rights are, but what their responsibilities are. I think one of the things that the, the Bible teaches us is uh, you actually have very few rights. You have mostly responsibilities to your fellow. And, um, and we need to ask people to take responsibility both for themselves and, and for other people. They should do it out of a sense of duty. And I think that's one of the great things about America. People had a sense of duty and not a sense of entitlement. And can that really be had without a, an honest search by the individual for a higher power? I mean, the, otherwise it's just imposing duties on people. Look, one of the things I've, I've kind of discovered is that when we talk to people who kind of eye to eye and level with them, um, irrespective of their religious persuasion uh, or belief in God, people want to be a part of something greater than themselves. Um, they want to be a part of something that's successful. They want to be a part of something that is caring. Um, for me, by the way, it's my belief in God, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think for many of your listeners, the same is true. But I don't think that excludes other people. And I think we can, we can reach out and I just reach out. I think we can have a, you know, level set conversation. I, I was inspired by my grandfather uh, a lot, who was a, a naval officer in world war two and had, um, you know, deep friends of, of different persuasions. And, uh, you know, they, they had a sense of duty and, you know, they supported each other in that sense of duty. And I think that's, that's super important here. And, and we got to get away from senses of entitlement. And uh, I think the biblical stories are around that, you know, support that. And I think, you know, the other thing is, you know, this, this t- going back to the Tower of Babel for a second, we have to watch out for how, how enforcing powerful entities are. Freedom is critically important. And in, in the second volume of the book, which has actually come out in Hebrew, but not yet in English, um, one of the foundations of, of like, of the Exodus is you need freedom in order to have private property. So freedom of thought, freedom to be different, mm-hmm. freedom to be, um, freedom to speak your mind is fundamental to capitalism and private property. And, you know, we need to insist on that. Very good. Um, thank you so much. I, I appreciate, uh, your work. Uh, and the uh, book is the tree of life and prosperity. Michael Eisenberg. Best of luck to you, Michael. Thank you. Thank you, Glenn. I really appreciate it. Have you, a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Julia lives in Texas. She suffered from years from intense pain in her hands. It was difficult for her to do her job, even kept her from doing things she wanted to do around the house. I know exactly how Julia was feeling. So what did she do? 
Well, she heard me talking about relief factor on the program and she decided she would give it a try. Guess what? Julie got her life back just like I did. Her hands are fine now. Relief factor is really, truly amazing. It just it's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors and it's a combination of things that just work on reducing inflammation and that's where most of our pain most of our problems come from in our body is inflammation 70 percent of the people who try it go on to order more and you're gonna you're gonna i'll tell you straight up if it's not working you for you in the trial period of three weeks don't order anymore because it won't work about 30 percent, i don't think it works 70 percent go on and order more month after month Relief Factor, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com. Tomorrow night on Glenn TV. There's a movement for freedom underway in Cuba, a demand to end the dictatorship. But the American left says the Cuban suffering is our fault. Glenn debunks the lies and asks Big Tech, where's your love of democracy now? What can Americans do to help? Watch Cuban Spring, debunking the left's lies about hashtag SOS Cuba. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The Glenn Beck Program. Unbelievable. Uh, looks like the, uh, the infrastructure bill has passed. Uh, yay, 69. Nay, 30. 30. What? is wrong with our republicans what is wrong with them uh all right mm. let's uh let you know let me give you mm. something happy let me let me play this is from uh, uh facebook <laughs> and zachariah washington listen to this i want to ask y'all where is our faith right now where is our faith because right now we got a lot of people out here that are losing their faith we got a lot of people out here that don't know what to do we got a lot of people out here that just they just losing it for and 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 in my perspective you losing your mind for no reason ain't nothing that happened in this world but one thing and that one thing is the bible is fulfilling itself everything that the bible said was going to happen is happening so why be surprised if we read in our if we read our Bible we would know. Even at my age, I'm not even I'm not even afraid or scared about nothing that's going on in this earth today, such as coronavirus, such as this uh new virus they got out, which is Delta virus. I ain't scared of none of that. And you wanna know why? Because I trust in God. And that's where all of all of our faith, all of our trust, all of our hope, all a lot of us on this live, half of us, we done lost it all. Why? Because we don't know because we listening to man, we listening to the news, we listening to the CCD, we listening to the president instead of trusting in God. How old do you think he is? 10? Yeah, 10, 12. 10, 12? Somewhere in there. Uh, amazing kid. Mm-hmm. Amazing kid. Uh, we're waiting for uh, Senator Cuomo to speak. Uh, he was supposed to speak about 10 minutes ago. Um they are calling on him to uh, resign. Uh, hmm. And he's, he, it looks like he's starting to speak. Uh, okay, here we go. Let's, yeah. uh, can we take that? Do we have it? We don't have it. Hmm. Um, uh, it uh, let's just see if we can get anything from it. Um, I looks, mean, nobody expects that he's going to actually resign, do they? No, I... I don't know. Uh, he's uh, been pretty adamant that he's not going to. 
And I think they're going to have to get him out with the jaws of yeah, life. Here it is. He just said um, my, the people's reaction was outraged to this. And it should have been. My lawyers have reviewed the report over the past several days and have already raised serious issues and flaws that should concern all New Yorkers. Uh, because when there's a bias or a lack of fairness in the jo- I can't believe this. I can't mm. believe this. He is just going to stand and fight it. Well, I mean, yeah, they learned from Bill Clinton. They all learned from right. Bill Clinton. Just stretch it out as stretch long as you out. can until people get sick of it. They don't want to hear about it anymore. Yeah. And then they'll just forget about it. Right. And just move on. Yeah. And then it just becomes more politics. And they're only saying yep. this because of politics. Right. It's like it's like Joe Biden said uh, the other day about his son. Uh, or was it uh, uh, the spokesperson for Biden said something like that's that's already been that's already been litigated. Yeah. No, no, it, yeah. no, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. But people feel like it has because mm-hmm. it's just all about politics. All right. We'll see you on tomorrow's broadcast. And don't forget tomorrow night on Blaze TV, Cuba. What's really happening? And why are the tech giants not doing anything about it?